0: It's 4pm on the dot, I'm just going to put the phone on silent and um, uh, should I put it in airplane mode, I should actually, that way no one can call and interrupt because I am recording this episode um, 4 isn't it, yes episode 4 of the John Rogers podcast, uh, like episodes 1 to 3, on my iPhone, while I figure out another way of doing it. Now, I don't think we're going to have any problems with um, wind noises on today's recording, because it is the most beautiful December uh, evening you could ask for in this part of the world. Um, I was up this morning, bright and early, I had to be in the city early, so I got up. Uh, I got up at six, so I could leave well before the traffic, because traffic in Galway City has. As we never thought would be possible, has gotten even worse, um... And it was the, the most beautiful. The last night before I went to bed was a beautiful night. And this morning was beautiful. Uh, the moon was heading to the horizon. And last night when I was out, Jupiter was up big and bright along with um, uh, Orion and the moon. And then the moon, Orion and uh, Jupiter were gone when I got up. The moon was still up. And Venus was out. And it was just everything you'd ask for. Come on, Bunny. Everything you'd ask for. Um, at this time of year, cold, super cold, ground frozen, the roads were, 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 were icy, but not too bad. Um, so, yes, this is the magic of this time of year for me stars in winter, Um, is what I think of, clear nights, Uh, cold and dry, It's what we want, we've had lots of that now, the end of November, now into December, and uh, I saw a big bird hopping about on uh, some of the, the timber lying on the ground outside, it's left over from building the house, need to figure out what to do with that timber uh and it was i think it was a red wing or so i has said when i tried to describe a plump brown speckly thing <laughs> you shot my speckled gym. some of you will know what that means and some of you have no idea what i'm talking about anyway the sun is setting now i can see it beautiful red ball uh, through the deciduous trees on the edge of our field and and the field next to us and on. Um, that's very um, s- uh, south of west. The sun doesn't do much of an arc at this time of year as we head towards the shortest day in less than three weeks from now. Um, next week I'm going to talk a bit about Christmas and why uh It's important to me. Um, But today I want to actually talk about The Stars in Winter. uh, About a show I did called The Stars in Winter. Or a show I almost did until lockdown uh, uh, killed it dead. For now, you never know when these things will come back. And the short 360 degree film I made instead called A Prelude to the Stars in Winter and how I almost failed drastically um, uh, and the making of it and how Ionia my wife Ionia and my dear friend Zita rescued the thing and instead of being a mess it was uh, Turned out to be quite good. And uh, the reason I'm bringing that up is because it was a piece I made that I, in, wherein I tried to encapsulate the quality of winter, of November. You know, that start to winter when the evening starts setting in, Halloween has been had, uh, we're not yet at Christmas. And, uh, the, the magic I feel every year, I particularly felt a, spe- uh, a special type of magic living in the city when we're living in Galway City. And then it's different again here out the country. But there is a particular magic I find every year. Uh, when I start seeing stars in the sky, um, or see planets and stars, in the sky before the 6 o'clock news now I don't watch the 6 o'clock news anymore I don't listen to it but the idea that um, of the majesty of the sky over our heads uh, this thing that we associate with late at night in, in summertime is there for us to experience you know when people are on their way home from work Um, the the delicious juxtaposition I find in um, like for for instance when we're living in the city in um, uh, here comes a tractor tractors in this country sure have gotten bigger since I was a, a, a kid um Yes, the, that uh, I always find it a delicious juxtaposition um, uh, to go into a corner shop like uh, Maguire's there down on Rivens it's not far from where we lived on the canal walk in and just pick up a few bits and pieces on a, on a Monday evening uh, for dinner, grab a few things and then walk home in the city but overhead... You have Jupiter is already up and and the stars are out I can't I've never been able to fully explain the excitement I feel the it's not excitement there's something deeper than excitement the majesty I feel I can't explain it I can never put it into words and I uh, and so I attempted to put it into words with a show that was originally gonna be a a theatre piece called The Stars in Winter that hopefully one day I will be able to um uh return to. Um mm, there's a lovely smell of wood smoke here now. Down here. Um, and there is the great smell of uh manure. That always makes me think of this year, at this time of year. So, um, and I can already hear the birds on the turlock, and the sun is right in my eyes now. I feel like I'm in the entrance chamber to, uh, in Newgrange on, on the solstice. The sun is right in front of me, so much so that I'm going to have to put the lead on the dog now, because I can't see if there's a car coming around. Or Sit. Sit. Sisies, sisies, sit. Good girl. Okay. Sort of thing is not easily done. Wearing gloves. Okay. So. Um. Where was I? So, so yes, I feel this, this, this magic is the only word that really works for me. A magic in the, in the stars being out so early. And the other thing that I find fascinating, uh, or, is not fascinating, that, 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 that it surprises me is that every year I'm surprised. I'm surprised by how early the evening set in. I'm surprised by how dark it is in the morning. I'm so surprised. Likewise, when we go into spring, I get so surprised by how bright it is in the morning and how how long it stays bright. And then into summer and the, the majesty and what I give for clear, dry weather on the summer solstice as well. But we leave that for six months from now. We'll get back to that then. Um, but... Ah, uh, no, there's the sun going down right over the burn. Oh, it's just beautiful. So, so I'm always surprised by this, to the extent that I realise I'm starting to turn into my dad. Um, we always laughed when my dad would be on the phone to his brother, my our uncle, back home in Ruscommon, and the two of them would be talking about everything and anything and farming and politics, and, and 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 they'd be talking about the weather. And then one of them would invariably say, you know, if it was springtime, um, you know, I noticed the stretch in the evening for the first time. They, they used to say it almost like a sense of sense of surprise or like there it is now. Like it wasn't a given that it was going to happen. Like the same thing hasn't happened, you know, since since the sun ignited and the, and the planet formed. You know, it's like 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 there hasn't always been some sort of an axial tilt that causes seasons and causes a change in the duration of the of the day (laughs) and the night Um, but as I got older I realised that in a way there's a wisdom in that marking that thing in the changing of the season there's a wisdom I think Oh, there's Bonnie is happy now. Let's move this away, away from the road. There's a wisdom in... uh, In not taking anything for granted. You know, not taking anything for granted. Even the turning of the seasons. And... And so I like to talk a bit about the that piece of theatre I tried to make that then didn't happen because of lockdown and how we turned it uh pivoted. Um great work from the from the producer of the thing, Jane Hambury, that, that that helped me pivot it into something else. And I'm at a 360 degree film uh, that I, that I ended up being quite proud of and um, by the way if you're if you're interested in seeing that it's still on YouTube um but it's on a private it's on a private link now it's not for it's not up there for public consumption but if you want to see it uh, I might share it I don't know. We'll have a conversation another time about sharing digital art. Should I just hand it out for free? It was uh, released free uh, back when I did it. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I saw it, p- partly I saw the piece as, a, like I said, like a pre- prelude or almost a trailer to um, the bigger piece. So in a way it made sense that it would be free for anyone to to watch so i need to figure out whether or not i want to to um keep sharing it for free or what to do about that but also you can watch it on your mobile phone well i'll get to the mobile phone in a second you can watch it on a laptop and if you watch it on a laptop because it's 360 you can use your mouse to grab a hold of the screen and you can change the you know, you can look all around you, uh, the next best way of watching it will be in a dark room, good headphones, oh yeah, yeah, the, the sound design in the thing is almost more, I was more proud almost in a way of the sound design than of the actual 360 footage, including the, the great, um, CGI that, uh, that was, um, uh, created for the piece, especially for the piece, uh, by, um, an artist called Alistair, who's based in The Hague. Dutch artist. Um, but the sound design, I was quite proud of. I, I keep saying I was quite, quite proud of how it turned out. and I was quite, I am quite proud of that work. I still find it weird saying that out loud. If I make something... Because, look, when you make art... Look, God, I sound like a GA manager. But when you make art, especially when you make art the way I do, So much of the time, you don't know what you're doing. You're figuring it out as you go along. Kind of like how, figuring out this podcast as I go along. It's frozen down here. Some of the turlock is actually frozen. Bonnie is after sliding along the ice there. She she, she ran down there expecting she was going to get to plunge into the water. she (laughs) She got a bit of a land there, I think. Um, Yeah, so when you make art the way I do in particular, a lot of the time you don't know what you're doing. You're figuring it out as you go along. And the, the art that I've made that has been the most successful, and by success I mean, well, where I am as an artist, it's certainly not success as in it got seen by loads and loads of people and loads of loads of people loved it, and it got raved about. I have never been able to achieve that um, with my work yet. But, but the measure of success I'm talking about is that I've met it, and I've been able to look at it, step back and look at it, and say, that was good. That was good. Because I've been able to look at things I've done in the past and also say, oh, this one didn't work out. And that's the point in getting that. I think there's nothing wrong with me to say. I was quite proud with how that turned out because that's what happens. It turns out. The stuff that's the most successful that I've made is the stuff where I have gotten out of the way of the art. You know? That I've I've gotten out of my own way. And surrendered to it, really. And, um... Uh... And therefore... I don't actually always feel a huge sense of ownership of the thing. And I, I'm I'm almost looking at it almost as much of an outsider as the audience is. And that's a class feeling, I gotta say, when that happens. Um and it happened with this. But it only happened because um because Ionia and Zita saved the day. Ooh, the ra- limestone I'm standing on here is pretty slippy. I'll go back down into the moss and the grass. Okay, so i want to talk about that. I want to talk about why November is important to me. Why it's important that we have November. I also want to talk a little bit today about the new show I'm working on, which is in its infancy, The People vs. Climate Change. And thank God for it, because a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how the other big idea i was working on my adaptation of unesco's rhinoceros uh got kind of kiboshed um because it turns out somebody else has already done it a belfast artist by the way on that i still haven't had the strength to look too much into this guy's uh rhino as you call it or even to see if it's still on stage could i go see it and um Uh, But that's not entirely because I'm so heartbroken, but more because I forgot about it. And that's the other thing I want to talk about. My lack of focus and how I find it hard to get things done and how I find it hard to stay focused on what I want to do. And a, a debate I'm having within myself as to how much... I want to share with you, whoever's listening to this, up on that, because I'm nervous about sharing too much of myself for lots of reasons. So that's the stuff I'd like to cover today as I walk the Tarlock with Bonnie Dog. So the people versus No, sorry. Uh prelude to the Stars and Winter. So Way back in 2015, I think it was, when I first started, uh, artists such as myself got invited in by the people putting together the bid book for Galway 2020, European Capital Culture. And it was superb how they invited us all in. uh, And we got listened to and we got heard. And our ideas helped build the bid and helped build the bid book. And so I, with a bunch of other artists like me, Uh, formed a loose coalition called Interaction and we were going to explore the interaction of theatre and digital media, digital technology. That was one of the interactions we were going to explore. We were going to make a lab and we had a lot of interesting and exciting artistic collaborators from across Europe and elsewhere who were um, lined up to work with us. And then, of course, in twenty sixteen um, Galway won the bid, and Galway announces the next uh, as it an, uh, was announced as one of the European capitals of culture in twenty twenty um I don't want to get into europe or Galway twenty twenty today. I will get into it someday, but I think it's known by a lot of people now that um, it didn't quite turn out the way we'd hoped. Now, who is to blame for that? We'll get into another time. And why that happened and why it didn't live up to its promise, we'll get into another time. But for now, it's safe to say it didn't. When we got awarded, when the bid was successful, I thought, because my name was in the bid book, and my project was one of the projects in the bid book. And we found out later uh, that our project was one of the projects that swayed the judges. Because it was so <sighs> grassroots-led. Um, I thought, I'm going to get to work for the next four years. Uh, um Sorry, it was 2018, wasn't it? Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my years wrong. So it started in... Tw- the working on it, it started kind of in 2017. No, I'm right, it was 2015. So I thought I had years and years of working on interaction, building towards 2020. And then meeting, followed meeting, followed meeting, followed meeting, with nothing happening, with no sign of funding, with no plan, with no idea of what our bu- budget was. And as happens with artists in my at my stage um, who uh, are as the uh, Theatre 57 um, and also the uh, Theatre Forum and other uh, arts campaigns showed artists like myself on average earn well below the minimum wage One by one, members of Interaction had to go off and get work in other areas. They had to drop out of Interaction. So by the end, I was about the last one left. I kind of dug in my heels and demanded I get something out of it. And I did. And it was nowhere near what I thought it would be when we first got started. But I had enough to create another one-person show. And I settled on the idea of making a show called Stars in Winter. And I wanted to use this uh, theater piece. Uh, I, w- I was going to create a theater piece that would use... <coughs> I wanted to create a th- an immersive experience, a virtual reality experience. But I wanted to create it in a way that the audience wouldn't have to wear any gear. They'd walk into the space and they would be immersed in a digital virtual world. But they wouldn't have to put on a headset, they wouldn't have to put on headphones, they wouldn't have to download an app, they wouldn't have to do anything other than what they always do is show up at the theatre. And I hoped to create a piece of theatre where in my presence as the sole performer in the piece would be juxtaposed with the the power uh, of the digital media and that out of the conflict of those we might be able to make some theatre because that's what theatre is. Theatre is the interaction between two or more people on stage and then if that interaction, if that connection is valid and real and authentic, that connects with the audience. The the problem I have with a lot of Irish theatre is the one-man show. If you've only got one person on stage, they... uh, they were immediately trying to connect with the audience without the power of the connection with another person on stage with them and inv- invariably what that turns into is the monologue play and it 's the story the 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 performer tells the story to the audience often very well told because we are a nation of storytellers and often the performance is quite powerful in that um you know, in the story, often the performer will start playing the parts of the other people in the story. And when it's done very well, I'm thinking of a certain Mr. John Nee, Little John Nee, when it's done very well, you almost forget that there's only Little John on stage. It's incredible. However, a lot of the time it isn't done well. And even when it is done well, it um, invariably it's a story. You're being told a, a story about something that's already happened. Come here and I t- let me tell you the story about the day when such and such a thing happened. And for me, theater is all the better when it remembers that it's live. We shouldn't be telling the audience what's happening or what happened, but showing or, 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 or performing the happening right there in front of the audience. So they, they, they live and breathe it as it happens. So I wanted the interaction between the performer would be me and the technology. And if I got it right, um, then the, the connection... To, if, I, if I managed to make a meaningful, authentic connection between me and the technology, then that would make for an interesting connection with the audience. That was my thinking behind it, just as it had been my thinking behind the very first solo show I did, Decision Problem. time for questions so basically i was going to construct a dome and we would do we'd use a a projector to project uh, a world inside the dome um that would be basically a 360 degree experience a virtual reality experience without the need for wearing a headset uh And that was the idea. And the thing I wanted, the the, the inspiration for the piece was the thing I talked about earlier, the idea of, not the idea, but the reality of that sense of wonder and joy and and excitement. Yeah, it is excitement, I feel, between the juxtaposition of the everyday, of tea time, of dinner time, and the stars coming out, the stars in winter. But also, I had this story in my head that I wanted to tell of a science fiction story of a a future um, wherein um, the AIs have gained sentience and there is an AI revolution but it's not the revolution we often see in dystopian science fiction when actually the AI revolution is where the AIs uh, um, revolt against the corporations the open AI and the other uh, organisations Alphabet and Meta, uh, who have uh, created the AIs and that the AIs rebel, uh, in favor of the human race, and in favor of human freedom. So I was going to tell this story, but in a very, very not on the nose way, in a very, uh, oblique way. I, I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but, uh, I was, all of that was clear in my head, but how much of that I was going to, be straight in explaining to the audience and how much of it I was just going to hint at uh, and instead create more of an experiential feel um, was, uh, was something I hadn't decided yet as I was making the piece and then lockdown happened and the piece looked like it might survive if I created a one person sorry, an, a, a repeating show that would work for an audience of one that if we made the dome large enough, they'd be able to share the space with me, but have social distancing, and it would still be a live theatre piece. But uh, it quickly became obvious that that was not going to happen, because I think, if I remember our recent history, that um, that lockdown uh, that led into the Christmas lockdown uh, came down harder than anyone expected, and everything got shut down again. So it was either postpone or do something else, and uh, the producer uh, of the piece, Jane Hanbury, who was the producer of Interaction in its entirety. Which ETF, go with You, G- 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 the festival were, were um, um, uh, also involved. Decided, no, let's pivot and give them, uh, give them, as in give God with Twenty Twenty this digital media that they're all uh, desiring theatre makers would just go down the road of. So we did, and I got my hands in a 360 camera, and we, we shot the thing, and we made the thing. I wrote it, and I shot it, a combination of shooting in the in the dome where I was going to perform the piece. Uh, I, I shot <laughs> stories um, that I, 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 I delivered straight to the camera, almost like a sort of a digital Shanachie, that I delivered straight to the camera uh in a way that I imagine was recreating how I was going to tell these stories to to the audience I was going to have in the Dome um and then that was uh uh these these three or four stories that were shot in the Dome were then um edited in with um, footage. The whole thing was about 20 minutes long. Footage of me. Uh, sorry. no, That was the original idea. It was four stories in the dome. Uh, and each uh, story would be. Um, there would be a sort of like. A, a transition. Which would uh, involve. Um, some um, audio bed. You know. Sound design. And uh, some. CGI as created by this artist, uh, Alistair, who my other OFT uh, collaborator, Meredith, had put me onto. And that was it. Uh, now, I found the making of the thing quite stressful. And I talked about that a few weeks ago, I think, on the first podcast. The making of the thing was quite stressful. I didn't enjoy making it. And it wasn't because of lockdown. It wasn't because things hadn't worked out the way I'd hoped they would with 2020. though that was part of it. Um, but primarily the reason was, as I as I only explained to me afterwards, is that I was doing it all by myself with the exception of, of course, Jane's... Uh, good work in producing the ping and Alistair's good work on the CGI everything else I did by myself and there was no one in the room to play with to play with there was no one else in the room to play with and I was very sad and very lonely and very stressed in making the thing because there was no one in the room to play with me but also, on top of that, I didn't know. I didn't realise that I was very sad and very stressed and very lonely in the room. Um, Ionia could see that, and she says it was it was not fun being married to me. You know, and the weeks running up to, the, to this thing being released. It was to be released in November 2020. And the other thing the other problem about being on my own in the room is that there was no one in the room to push the idea and make it better and say come on we can do that let's try let's try and play there's that word again play with different ways of telling this story um of this kind of far distant future uh digital shanaki telling the story in a very roundabout, almost mythological manner, of the rise of of the rebellion, the rebellious AI. Um, so, so I made the thing with not a lot of joy, and then I showed it to Ionia. And I had about a week left before it was to be released. So I, I showed her a rough cut of how it was going to be. And then we had a problem. (laughs) She told me later that she had, it was one of the hardest things she's ever done. Uh, uh, She had to look me in the eye and say, John, I don't think this is very good. (laughs) The sun has set, by the way. And I'm looking around the bowl of of a clear sky. There's a few clouds on the horizon. Uh, Bonnie is still with me, and there's no sign yet of Jupiter, but as soon as I see Jupiter, I'll let you know. Um, no stars yet to be seen. It's now uh, 4, 4.35, as I nearly dropped my phone. 4.35. Uh, PM. So my God, we've been talking for thirty-five minutes already. Um. So. Uh. So yeah, she said it's not much good. I'm sorry, it's not theater. That's what she said. It's not theater. It's just you telling stories. I don't know what it is, but it's not theater. And I was furious. Uh, Not with her, though. In the moment, I was like, thanks a bunch. But I immediately knew she was right. So I was furious that I had failed and I had about a week to do something about it. And I wanted to... I wanted to trash it out with my wife, with Ionia, because she's a brilliant theatre maker and theatre artist. But, um... But I couldn't, we couldn't trash it out because I was so angry. Not that the anger was a problem, she could cope with the anger, but I was angry in front of the kid. And I I couldn't figure out a way to have the conversation I needed to have. I couldn't do it without upsetting the kid. That's how stupidly angry I get. So I wasn't going to do that to the kid. So she, Ionia said, go Walk, go, walk the dog, as I'm doing right now. Walk the dog around the quad. Because we, we, we used to live not too far from the university. Walk the quad with the dog and call Zita. <laughs> and that was such great advice. And I did. And thank God Zita answered. And thank God Zita had time to talk. And I explained to her what the problem was. I told her what I had done. I told her what Oni had said about it. Sorry, Oni is my wife, Ionia. I often call her Oni. I told her what she had said. uh, And Zita just listened. Zita's a great listener. And then Zita asked a couple of brilliant, what I would say, what I would almost call Thomas Conway questions. Thomas Conway uh, taught Zita and I... um, in the uh, on in post traumatic theatre in the MA in NYG as it was then a long time ago now, but she asked brilliant dramaturgical questions. She asked basically why, what is the what is the driving what was the driving impetus what what started me down the road of wanting to make this show the Stars in Winter in the first place why was I now making this thing? This 360 film called Prelude to the Stars in Winter. If I'm not quite sure what, stars, what the Stars in Winter is. And, and then she asked a version of, that, of those questions that are so important. She asked, how do you want the audience to feel? And that was a great question because it really forced me to stop. And consider. Was I able to... Like I was panicking at this. I got a week. But I was like okay. Stop panicking. Listen to what Zita's asking. What is it that I want the audience to feel? And that was the first moment when I started trying to... That by the way was the first moment. A week out. And this is why you need other people in the room. Why I need other people in the room. The feeling I was trying to convey to the audience. Was that... Um, that thing I still haven't been able to quite verbalise. That I tried to f- figure out, or I tried to explain to you uh, at the start of the pod today, is that that feeling I get of the of the of the the majesty and the everyday, the juxtaposition of the majesty of the of the stars of the star of the night sky and a clear winter night in Galway, and the everyday. You know, the the commute home, the going into Maguire's to get the shopping, the walking the dog uh, around Fisheries Field, We you can hear the hum of the city around you, you can feel the flow of the river behind that wall, and you've got the bowl of stars. This, oh, there's Jupiter right now, straight ahead, I looked right up and there, there he is, the king of the gods. Good evening. Ar- good evening. Mr. Jupiter, you look well. You look very well. Um, yeah, so that—that—that's well. The, the 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 feeling I get right now, as I stand here and I can hear the cars coming home, and I can hear the swans. At home. I think those are the swans, and I can see the birds flying home. They're on their commute home, black against the orange sky. And as I turn my head in the other direction, there's Jupiter up, well up already over the horizon. And that's, there's a, there's, there's there's a, there's a magic. I wish I had a better word. I wish I could speak like clear Louise Bennett can write. I wish I had her vocabulary. I wish I could express how this feels. Uh, there's that great line in Contact. Jodie Foster says, they should have sent a poet. <laughs> well, that's the problem. I'm not a poet. But that is the, the poetry of this moment is what I wanted to convey to the audience with The Stars in Winter. And then Zita reminded me, well, then what you're making isn't The Stars in Winter. You're making this, The, the Stars in Winter is a theater piece that you'll make someday where you'll be able to figure out how to convey that 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 feeling to the audience but for now you're making a thing called uh you're making a thing called the prelude to the star a prelude to the stars of winter which is a sort of almost like a trailer or an introduction to the world of that theater piece and and releasing it as a 360 film and and this just kind of reminded me it, it just gave me the focus that I needed Ionia pointing out that important fact this is not theatre whatever you've made right now isn't theatre and then Zita asking those questions saved my bacon saved my arse and so with a week I completely rewrote the thing and reshot it and I I realised hey this isn't like that. there were two sides to what Ionia was saying this isn't theatre as in the thing I'd made wasn't theatre but also the 360 film isn't theater it's in ways closer to theater than an ordinary flat screen uh 2d uh film but it still is in theater so get out of the dome more get out of the space and so i went to places like uh barna woods and i went to places like uh uh, merlin merlin castle merlin castle merlin woods and, and 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 places like that uh that were you know Sometimes within walking distance of the of the city and to Fisheries Field, and I shot these. Oh, and I stood. I stood where that uh, roundabout is now gone. That roundabout, that's now gone. As is at the Clayton Hotel, basically a real traffic uh, bottleneck in the city. Uh, and I stood there and I shot ten seconds there. And um while the camera wasn't good enough to um pick up the stars overhead, you had the sound of the traffic because I did a lot of it black screen, and then you hear the sound of the traffic, but it could be the sound of the waves uh and then and then the camera uh, the the shot opens, and you realize it's it's just this massive tailback and and i you you the viewer are right in the middle of it, and you can look all around This tailback, and there's nothing more everyday and soul-destroying in ways than a tailback. But still, in all, it's still life, it's still us humans alive and living. I don't know, I'm not explaining it well. But basically, that I had these, all these vignettes that I shot on the camera. that I edited them to uh, the pro- the The problem was never the CGI Alistair's CGI remained pretty much as it had always been the order of it was somewhat different um, sorry I'm struggling here to get the rope on the pillar for the gate there we go okay easy does it now Bonnie dog. Well, wow. in the two weeks since I last brought Bonnie down to the Turlock, well, no, it's not the last time I brought Bonnie down to the Turlock, but the last time since I, uh, recorded with you guys, um, down at the Turlock, it was around the same time of day, if I remember correctly, and, uh, it's already darker now than it was then, um, Where are you, Jupiter? There you are. Looks very well. Okay, so... I did that. And I... mm, And then, for the bits... For the storytelling bits, the Shanaki moments, in the dome... I realised a part of the problem was that I couldn't get the sound right in the dome. So I completely rewrote them. And made them a lot less on the nose. A lot less clear how... It uh, a lot less clear what the story was that what was being told in those moments, and I recorded myself telling those stories in a very staccato way, a very in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in a almost New York player style, or in a way that actually uh, was more influenced by uh, David Lynch's Dune and the, and how the Mendats would talk, almost like computers. Um, and then I, I, for the first story in, in the dome, I stood and I just was present in the dome with the camera. I didn't do anything. Just that. So the piece opened in darkness and then, and then it was just me standing there present with the camera trying to be present with the technology and see if it could if that would be enough to make a connection with the audience and that was the other thing that came from talking with Sita Sita asked me what does November what does winter mean why is why are the stars in winter why is winter so important to me and we got talking and that leads me on to the other thing I wanted to talk about today but we're 45 minutes in folks and I'm still only on Preludes and Stars of Winter, but that led me on to talking about the mystery of November, the dark. I love Christmas. I really do. And I'll talk about that another time. But it breaks my heart that as soon as Halloween is over, the Christmas decorations come out in the shops. The Christmas stone starts right away in the shops. I want November for November. Let us have a month of dark and quiet. It's the month of death. That's what Halloween is. It's, it's, it's all souls eve. Samhain, Iha Samhain, the night before Samhain. And Samhain comes before Nulag. Samhain is the time of quiet, of dark, of remembering our dead. Of the evenings coming in, of it getting colder, of us lighting a fire, of us starting to slow down, of us starting to sleep more. And yet the seed grows in the dark and we're already turning to the sun as we head to the shortest day. And that the majesty of that dark dead November is something sacred and something that I want to keep part of my life but also that I wanted to the sense of that the atmosphere that is what I wanted to imbibe my show with and imbibe the film with and if I do decide that you can watch it maybe some of you listening to this have already seen it I think I'm I did it somehow In a week, I did all of that. Shot it, put it together, and edited. I it was to be released on a Saturday. I didn't realize even then how long it takes to upload the full HD version of a three sixty film, even twenty minutes a twenty minute one, to to YouTube. But I sat down with the with the footage. I had all the footage. I had all the audio files. I had the order. And, uh, it was, it was going to be a lot of work, making sure that it worked right. Uh, this is one week later. Ionia took the kid and went out to her parents, just at the one kid at the time. And I sat down and my plan was to get some takeaway and then work through the night at it. Uh, but I, I wanted to test that the laptop was working, that the edit, the editing software was working right. So I took the first piece, the opening piece, and the opening file, uh, sound file, and I dropped the first then, the opening pieces in, in darkness. So it was just 360 black screen. And then I opened on the, fr- I added the first of the stories that were told in the dome. And my plan was to then, uh, Line up that first shot. The opening eye, the eyes, the audience's eyes opening, with a certain important beat in um, in the audio. Uh, so I dropped the two of them in, and I got ready to start moving things around to have them lined up perfectly. But the most amazing thing happened: they just lined up perfectly as I just dropped them in, as they were meant to be. And it just went from there. And I just kept dropping in the the audio pieces, the 360 footage, the 360 CGI stuff from Alistair in the order I had in my mind. And they all just, as if somebody else had already done the editing for me, they all just lined up almost perfectly. And I worked on it straight for, I think it was like three or four hours, just adding them. There'll be a little bit of tweaking here and there, but mostly it just lined up perfectly. And then I rendered it, and it was done. And it was good. And then I got my takeaway. And I video called Alistair, and I video called um, um, Meredith, the other digital artist who'd been um, collaborating with me on the, on the, on the bigger project. And we had a drink. I had some whiskey, they had a beer, one of them had a glass of wine and we celebrated. And I thanked them and then I rang, no, first I rang Ionia and she was still a bit annoyed with me. (laughs) I don't want to share too much, that's our private life, but she was also very, very happy for me. And uh, and then I I rang the guys and then I rang Zita and I said thank you you sit, you only saved my ass and so this time of year is that thing for me always and we've been blessed this year in particular with the cool dry weather that lets us see the stars it's not easy to be a stargazer in Ireland because we get so much rain and so many clouds but. But yeah, it worked. I got away with it by the skin of my teeth because I, I'm lucky. Those two particular people in my life, those two people in my life in particular, my wife and my good friend. Um, but then Ionia took me for a walk and said, you can't keep going like this. You got to bring the other people into the room and that's why Zeta is involved at the very early stages now of the new thing I'm working on the people versus climate change which is one of the other things I wanted to talk about so today I wanted to talk about the stars in winter prelude to the stars in winter the majesty and mystery of November uh I then wanted to talk about the people versus climate change, and then I wanted to talk a bit about why I find it so hard to focus and why I find it so hard to get things done. <laughs> Maybe this uh, me telling the story, fifty-four minutes of just talking, getting two of those th- things out of my head and onto the record, onto the onto tape, if you will, shows that why I do find it hard to get things done. <laughs> shows you just how slow I am. But maybe it's all right. Maybe that's just the way I am. Okay. I'm going to have a listen back to this later. Decide whether or not I want to share it. I probably will. It'll be up there with the others. The John Rogers podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, except for Apple Podcasts because I still haven't figured out their weird glitch. Uh and the John Rogers show. The live radio shows on every Friday morning at 10 a.m. So, JohnRogersShow.com for all of it. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, Bonnie Dog, for coming for the walk. Um, and uh, I'll pick up next week and we'll talk about the people versus climate change and we'll talk about more about why I'm so damn slow. I don't want to say what's wrong with me, but I wouldn't mind getting to the bottom of what's <laughs> different about me and see if I can't do certain things better. But let's leave this on another note as a magpie settles in in this uh, beech tree. Sorry, ash tree beside me. Two. Hey, we got the two. Two for joy. And... Uh, Jupiter is already reigning supreme. Um, the sky is still whitish where the sun went down, um, and I don't see any other stars yet. And it's now what time? Five to five. All right, slongak dinner, beamage conch.